Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundations. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Well, thank you for joining us for the Keeping It Israel podcast today. My name is Jeff, and I'll be your host. And my guest today is Steve Werp. Steve is the founder of blessedbyisrael.com. That is blessed, B-U-Y, Israel.com. And this organization supports families and small businesses in Judea and Samaria. Uh, Steve Werp was also the national director for the March of Remembrance USA from 2011 to 2015, which holds events around the United States to remember the Holocaust and to stand against anti-Semitism. Steve, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. Well, it's good to have you. And uh, we want to start just with a little bit of a uh, background. So, you know, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you first become passionate about the restoration of the land and the people of Israel? You know, I, th- I think it's really the Holy Spirit that does this, because I remember even when I was eight years old, standing in a big Christmas time uh, event in my Lutheran church and asking my mom and the, the pastor, uh, why don't the Jews believe in Jesus if he came for them? And I remember mm-hmm. just a dumbfounded look on their face. They they said, why are you, you know, you're eight years old, why are you asking this? So there was something in my heart that knew there was something missing from my beliefs. Um, now that went away from it, you know, I, I forgot about that. I went on in my life, uh, kind of lived my own life the way I wanted to do through the military and things. and. But I always had a relationship with the Lord. And then in the late 80s, uh, a pastor friend, I I started, the Lord gave me a good spanking, which he disciplines his children. (laughs) And a a pastor friend just gave me a a one page about Passover, about Pesach. And I spent about three years studying that. And I just realized that I had missed so much richness in my faith because I I was separated from the Jewish people. And that really started a journey for me. And what did that journey look like? I mean, how do you get involved Um, in, uh, you know, the the ministries and the areas that you've been involved in? uh, I think that was that was around 1991. I I went to Israel for the first time. Um, It was actually a a temple conference with Chuck Missler. And I spent an extra month there. And it, it just I, I think walking in the land really transforms your heart it, it, the Bible yeah. started coming alive to me and I remember you know I was about 30 years old and I had already read about where Shiloh was or Shiloh and so one of the biggest memories was driving up there and this is what they call the, the West Bank or the occupied territories actually it's the heart of Israel this is Samaria this is where God made the covenant with his people Israel when they came back into the land where he's you know Samaria is where Abraham first came in uh, where Jacob's well is so much happens it's a rich place and I, I tried to find where the angel tabernacle stood and there was a little street sign that said Shiloh and there was nothing there there was a, a few houses or um, trailers up on the hill there wasn't much to see at that point 
and I asked the lady where the tabernacle was, and she pointed me off to the the north and said it's over there. So I walked through the brush and the rocks and the tundra and the stickers, and I found absolutely nothing. And it was just, Lord, why I, why did you want me to come up here? Well, there's nothing here. And it wasn't until about five years ago I was standing in the same place. It was like the Lord opened my eyes. And what I saw was vineyards. I saw a, a city on the top of the top of this hill. Uh, I walked in where that tabernacle used to be, where the, where the ancient Jewish people uh, lived and worshipped. I was picking up pottery shards from where the tabernacle was, because when they came to worship and they, they would they would cook, they would have to crush that vessel because it was holy; it could never be used again. So I'm picking up hmm. pottery shards that are three thousand years old or thirty five hundred years old as a testimony to God's faithfulness. The olive groves are back. The vineyards are back. The people are back. The roads are restored. God is doing a miracle. And the Lord just said, told me, I want you to be a witness to this. That's why I took you there 30 years ago, to be a witness to my power, my promises, my covenant to my people. And it, it's just, it's, it was inspiring. Sometimes you don't know what's going on in your life and you don't understand. And like I said, 30 years later, 25 years later, the Lord said, this is why I had you where you were. Uh, That's amazing. It must have been incredible to uh, be there prior to, uh, you know, the the dig and the discovery of, of all that is there right now. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I got my first opportunity to go to Shiloh. Uh, what just two years ago, I guess, or a little more mm -hmm. than two years ago, was prior to COVID, <laughs> at the very least, <laughs> and um, it was it was an incredible, incredible experience. I mean, we had visited many, many places in Israel that were extremely significant to me, mm -hmm. um, you know, up until that point. But we got an opportunity to go and to fil film one of our TV shows there at Shiloh. And uh, wow, it, it really did blow me away. Just even thinking about, you know, the 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 roadway that led to to where the tabernacle sat, the place where, you know, yes. Eli would have uh, sat by the sat by the road and, and got the news about yes. his sons and like just all of those things just kind of. Um, amazing, amazing, amazing. And we, you know, we're hoping, we hope, hope that we can get back to Judea and Samaria with some of our tours. But, uh, oh, yes. you know, talk to us a little bit more. This is the focus of, uh, of your area of ministry at the moment. And uh, you mentioned, you know, that the media calls this land the West Bank, the occupied territories, not just the media, but uh, probably the, the rest of the political world at large. But, but, you know, why is this place so significant? You shared a little bit about the key things that happened early in the history of Israel, but, but what does the Bible have to say about Judea and Samaria, and why should we be giving it such attention? I, I think all of the covenants, the covenant God made with Abraham is critical to everything we believe. I mean, in, in Christianity mm -hmm. and, and, and our belief system, we know that we were grafted into the covenant of Abraham. The covenant of Abraham was made on those mountains. The covenant of Abraham was made to the, the sons of Israel as an eternal covenant for that land. Uh, God placed his name in that land. I mean, all the promises of God are that all nations will come up. Even Yeshua uh, said, this right. shall be a house of prayer for all nations. 
and that's missing right now. So when we mm-hmm. see the, the Israel, the, the Jewish people being regathered into this land, we know that his promises and covenants are true for us. And we should be more excited right now than we ever have been. This, this is the dream the apostles yeah. yearned for. In Acts 1, what, what was their last question? I mean, after 40 days of being taught about the kingdom of God, their last question is, is it now you restore the kingdom to Israel? This is what is on their heart. This is what should be on our heart. Is it now, wow. Lord, in our day you restore that kingdom? And it's happening. And Amen. now Amen. we have been invited in to be part of it. Uh, absolutely. Now, uh, I like sort of that little bit of a segue. We've been invited in to be part of it. You know, you talk about the regathering and, and there's a term, you know, Zionism that uh, is is given to sort of those of us who believe that God is restoring Israel, restoring the Jewish people to the land and uh, and so on. Recently, I actually had a, a pastor friend of mine in a, in a bit of a conversation we were having online. He, he said, he said, you know, do you consider yourself a Zionist? And and his question posed to me was was kind of in a a bit of a, a negative sense in, in the, you know, in the sense that you probably shouldn't be one of those people. God is a Zionist. God is, Zion is where God placed his name. This is his people. He is keeping his covenants. God is calling his people out. He is saying, I am keeping my promises and covenants to Israel and the nations and gathering them together as I promised. And I believe he's calling both Israel and those that that love the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to to come in and, and, and join with him in building a kingdom of God. And the world is trying to establish his own kingdom. I, I think what's what's interesting is, you know, the, in Judaism, you talk about tikkun olam, the, the, the restoration of, of all things, the restoration of the world. Both of these groups have this, a similar vision. One is uh, a restoration or tikkun olam without God. One is tikkun olam with God. So one is the, the kingdom of Babylon. One of, them, one of them is the kingdom of God. And these two kingdoms are at odds right now. This is the battle that's been enjoined. And, and we as Christians have a choice. Uh, not as usurpers. Uh, I think, you know, we go back and, and like you said, I, I've dealt a lot with Holocaust education. Um, studied at Yad Vashem for some time so some of my sons was involved in the the national the March of Remembrance which is a movement to help Christians understand the, the consequences of anti-Semitic theology and teachings uh, so deeply rooted we don't even recognize it but and replacement theology we need to come to a place that we are complementing the Jewish people not usurping them, not saying that we are the new Israel, not saying that we have it all together, but actually coming alongside and taking hold of the Jewish people. And if you read in, in Isaiah 2 and in, in uh, Micah 4, to, uh, you read in uh, Zechariah 8, these all talk about the nations coming up to Jerusalem to worship, to be taught, to, to learn the word of God. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, where it says 10 from the nations will take hold of the, of the Jewish people, they're, they're actually it's a tzitzit of a Jew and saying, let us go up. It's not the Jewish people dragging us up. We need to lift them up into their place. We need to say, let's mm. go. We're together. We're with you. And I think that is what God is waiting for. Will the Jew, you know, we many times, I used to think, uh, you know, until the fullness of the Gentiles came in. And, you know, when I was growing up, it was like God had a little counter up there. And he's going one, two, three, you know, just counting up until all the Gentiles could come in. There's this magical number. And now mm -hmm. I've realized the fullness of the Gentiles is when we grow up. We take our place alongside his people as a complement. And we build together, walk together. And this has been the biggest joy of my life. This is why Blessed by Israel was founded. It's because in, mm -hmm. in World War II, uh, and you go back to Nazi Germany, and the, what was going on there, most Christians were silent. They did not get involved. And we made a promise that we would never be silent. My, my family said, we will never be silent if this happens again. So at the end yeah. of 2015, we saw this start to happen. We, we saw the, the EU come mm -hmm. out and say any products manufactured in Judea and Samaria are not part of Israel. We, we don't recognize that as part of Israel. Therefore, you need to relabel them. The Obama administration was on board with the same thing, using a clause in a, a Clinton law from the, the 1990s. They wanted to relabel all these products. And what it was yeah. really about is BDS. It was boycott, divest, and sanction. And it was a way to mark those products, almost like putting a yellow star in the, sh the shop windows. And yeah. we said, it, yeah. it, if we're silent now, we're no different than our forefathers. Will we actually stand? Will we make a difference? And our family sat down and prayed and, and prayed. And within a couple of months, uh, my oldest son and I, Samuel, were boots on the ground in Israel and trying to find out not only are we going to support these small businesses and we're going to empty your stores and we're going to bring them out to the United States and around the world and promote what you're doing because anti-Semitism thrives on the dehumanization of the Jewish people on creating a characteristic man yeah. that you, you really never see and we said, no, you're, you're not buying ceramics from Israel. You're buying them from Batya Brew. You're not buying olive oil from Israel. You're buying it from Erez and Barrett. Let me tell you about their families. Let me show you their children. Let me show you how they, they planted 300 trees on this little plot of land in the middle of no place because they believe that those trees are for the future generations. And they believe. That's great. Well, my, my next question was going to be about the BDS movement. So you've already sort of gotten us there. Boycott, divest and sanction. And, uh, you know, this this is, you know, another practical outworking of that spiritual battle that you that you talked about earlier that, uh, you know, the the world is is making a villain of, uh, you know, of Israel and of the Jewish people, and, and in this case, specifically Judea and Samaria. And um, uh, I think you've already kind of shared about your heart for this and, and why it's wrong. Um, maybe maybe just expand on that a little bit. Why is this so wrong in your opinion? And, and um, you know, how can we sort of sort of battle against that? This is really, a, it is 
definitely a spiritual battle. And mm-hmm. I, I think the nations understand that the regathering, uh, uh, maybe not mentally or cognitively, but deep in their hearts, spiritually, they know that the regathering of Israel is the establishment of the kingdom of God. And they're afraid. So there, mm-hmm. there, there is a battle going on for the very heartland of Israel. And if they can get the Jewish people to turn, around, turn away from this, to reject the covenant, they believe they win. If the Jewish people that are right. living in, in Judea and Samaria surrender this land, surrender their covenant, surrender their promise, they are no different than Esau. And, and I really believe this is what's happening. So that there is really a battle for the hearts and minds of the world. And unfortunately, the Jewish people have stood alone. For, for 2,000 years, they have been alone. They've been wandering. You know, we can talk about cause and effect or whatever you want. But the truth is, they have held on to the covenant. This Torah, this word that God gave them through Moses, these mm. promises of the coming Messiah, this promise of the kingdom of God, the, the establishment of, of the Davidic uh, kingdom has held them for 2,000 years. Going into a, into a gas chamber and saying, I believe in the coming of Messiah, and even if he tarries, I will believe, and, and chanting the Shema. Yeah. I mean, faith of faith. Th- these people have been faithful to the covenant, and now we are seeing God being faithful. So w- when I meet the people in Judea and Samaria, I see a faith and a passion for God that, I se- that is severely lacking in, in most of Christianity, we they're living out their faith, and, and I want to see us join with them. No longer are they walking alone. No longer mm-hmm. are they yeah. um, cast off. But when we come in, like, like I said, the, the nations grabbing their seat and saying, "Let's go up to Jerusalem," we're actually empowering them. You know, there there was a. We always heard that we were supposed to make the the Jewish people jealous. And I looked around and I said, I I don't understand how we're going to make them jealous. And then I realized that the same word means to be zealous. Jealous and zealousy are the same Hebrew. And I realized that my passion was making them zealous increasing their passion their passion was increasing my passion and we were just like we were just like two peas in a pod we're coming together and the zeal of the lord is doing wonders and we're strengthening each other and we're building and and the kingdom of god is at hand and and my desire is to call all nations all peoples to come and be part of this great work of hashem so blessed by That's Israel really is you know, one I, way to do that. Yeah, I I haven't heard sort of that perspective, je- jealous, zealous before, and I, I like it. That's really good, and really that is uh, one of the greatest reasons that we should, as as Christians, as believers, uh, bless Israel. And you know, you've given us, I think, a real practical way that we can engage in that. And I mean, there are all kinds of ways. Uh, our ministry is involved with uh, advocating for people to pray for Israel, to uh, you know support ministries in Israel. But but here's a real practical way that we can um, 
purchase products that come out of Judea and Samaria and in so doing, uh, you know, be blessing as well. So tell us a little bit about blessed by Israel. That is blessed, B-U-Y, Israel.com. You know, why was it founded and, and how can people get involved? It was founded to counter the BDS movement, which is boycott, divest, and sanction. Uh, we have a little bit different spin on that, which is to bless, defend, and serve the people of Israel. So, um, you know, there's always a counterfeit. God's people are called to bless, defend, yeah. and serve Israel. Uh, the opposition believes it's to boycott, divest, and sanction. So we, we just want to hit him right in the teeth and let him know that, you know, God is moving and his people are no longer sitting down. Uh, we... Well, we founded it. We did not want to just have a, a business. We wanted to encourage relationships, uh, get people talking. Uh, mm-hmm. I really can't say, even though I've been involved in, with Israel for many, many years, it wasn't until I started establishing real relationships, sitting down at the table, having dinner, having deep conversations. Why do you believe it? First of all, it was establishing trust. Um, right. What? And one of the questions was, what is your agenda? Why are you here? What are you doing? And we had some deep conversations about that, some very intense conversations. And it was, do you need to convert me? Do you need to change me? Or do you just love me? And do you love Israel? If I don't go your way, are you just a fair weather friend with an agenda? Or do you really love the Jewish people? And I had to sit back and and ask myself that question. Am I here for myself and because I would what I believe and I need to change somebody? Or am I here to to be part of what God is doing and lift the Jewish people up to accomplish what he's called them to be? And so I want to empower them to fulfill their calling and destiny. That's really where Hmm. Blessed by Israel came in. So we work with small with small businesses and families. We're not going to the corporations. We're not going to some of the larger places. We're working with small families, uh, helping them get their labeling, FDA approvals, exporting, promoting, telling their stories, putting a face on them, and, and helping them uh, establish their businesses. One of the things that happened when we first went over there um, you know, many people are very good at giving charity, and, and most of Christianity is about giving. Let's give a charitable contribution. And one of the things mm-hmm. all of them told me is, we don't want your charity. Help us build. Help us build. Establish homes, establish businesses, establish infrastructure. Be part of the restoration. I mean, this is what we are doing but we need you to, to help us undergird us that we can accomplish this. And this was a, it's been a totally different relationship now. It's very honest, very truthful with each other. Um, what do you believe in? Why do you believe? Why are you here? Why are they there? What What is their vision of the future in the kingdom? And I found that after just really getting in and discussing, I have much more in common with them than I ever ever thought. We, we have a few things that, that um, separate us, but God is working those things in me and in them. Hmm. 
So Blessed by Israel was a, a way for people from all around the world to actually be part of it and learn about who God's people truly are. Not not the um, the characters that we've had for so many years. Not the, the legalistic, bound up, you know, trying to earn some place in, in God's heaven uh, by their own works. They they actually they they love the Torah. They love God's word. They they love walking in obedience in the traditions mm-hmm. of their fathers. I mean, j- just like Paul did. You know, Paul never uh, broke the the covenants, the promises, or taught against the, the fathers, the traditions. But he was fully engaged in those, and so were all the disciples. So I'm very, very blessed to be to be walking among them and seeing the joy of the Lord in their hearts as they as they walk out His commandments. Yeah, well, that's an amazing uh, and a practical way to be able to come alongside and support. Now, if somebody goes to your site, uh, what kind of products can they expect to find there? And um, you know. You ship? Uh, do you ship all over? We, we ship all over the place, uh, all over the world, uh, predominantly in the United States. Okay. Uh, olive oil, chocolate, uh, date salon, uh, or date honey. You know, we, we talk about mm-hmm. the, the honey in the Bible, John the Baptist eating lo- locusts and honey. Well, he, was pro- yeah. he wasn't chasing a bee around to find honey. It was the date honey. It was the fruit uh, of the land. Um, and we have locusts. Don't forget, we do have locusts from the from Israel, and uh, you can get a jar of locusts. We have actual honey uh, coming from down in the Hebron area. Jewelry, uh, ceramics, soaps, cosmetics. So uh, each one of these, you can read about the families. Each one represents a family. That's awesome. And I want to encourage people, if you're listening, go and check out the website, blessedbuyisrael.com. All one word, blessedbyisrael.com. And uh, I'd love for you to check that out and support uh, this uh, this amazing business that is helping to, uh, you know, support businesses in Judea and Samaria as well. And we think that's an amazing way for people to be able to practically engage and, and support and advocate for for Israel. And so please go and do that. Now, uh, Steve, you're also part of an initiative called the, the Nation's Ninth of Oz. Yes. That is uh, the number nine hyphen av.com is the website. Yes. Uh, Tishba Av is coming up on July 17th. What exactly is it that the Jews commemorate on the 9th of Av? Uh, well, the 9th of Av is, is a day of disaster for the Jewish people. Um, mm-hmm. The first temple was destroyed, the second temple was destroyed. Uh, so so many things happen. The expulsions happen on the ninth of Av. So it, it's a day of uh, fasting and praying, uh, hmm. crying out to God for His His mercy, His compassion. They actually say that the the second temple was destroyed for sinat chanim, which is a, a baseless hatred. And so every year we reflect on the consequences of baseless hatred, hating without reason, hating without any cause. And I really believe for me, what hit me as as a Christian, as as a follower of the Messiah, is that 
there's been a baseless hatred towards the Jewish people for 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. And it's time that we as Christians fasted and prayed and mourned over our sins, over what's been done by our forefathers, over what's been done in the name of our Messiah. And it's more than, than just saying, I'm sorry. There needs to be action. So fasting and praying is really a start of that action. But you, I know everybody saw the, what is it, the, the, the war room where they used to go into the closet and pray. Right. And, and I want to mm -hmm. let people know, going into the closet and praying is great. I mean, we need to be in prayer. We need to be on our knees. We need to be fasting. We need to be really seeking God. But when we come out of that closet, we should be energized to make a difference. So yeah, the fasting praying absolutely. that we are doing on Tisha B'Av as, as believers in Messiah, alongside the Jewish people, you know, we are fasting and praying over our own, our own failures. And then we're going to come out of that prayer closet, out of that time, and we're going to make a difference. We're going to engage with Israel. We're going to engage and make a difference in the, in the world. We're going to engage in, in the kingdom work of restoration, and it starts with the restoration of relationships. Uh, yeah. Afterwards, what we do is we actually have Jewish people that are engaging with us to help us understand um, their perspective, their hearts cry, and we are able to share with them our hearts cry. And, and mm. this is really about yeah. restoring a relationship. And in Zechariah 8, it talk, this is what Zechariah 8 is all about. There's actually four fasts that have to do with the destruction of Israel, the, the, the breaching of the walls, the destruction of the temple, the, the destruction of the leadership, Gedaliah, and the, the invasion of the land or the diaspora, where the Jewish people were, were um, spread out into the nations. And I realized, praying one day, that you know most of that is over. Three. It says that these days will become days of joy and gladness for the Jewish people. Well, the diaspora is okay. over. No, no Jewish person has to be separate anymore. The their leadership has been restored. I mean, there's a leadership that the nation has been restored. Uh, Jerusalem in 1967 is in Jewish hands again. There's only one right. key area. And that is the, the temple. And, and the focus is on the temple. And mm -hmm. I didn't really understand that the Jewish people, this is not about them, just about them. They're yearning to have God's physical presence in the world again so that all nations can come up and hear his voice. They're yearning for the kingdom of God Amen. and God's glory to be restored. So the Nation's Ninth of Av is about calling Christians to recognize this fast and pray, and be involved with what God is doing. That's awesome. So you've, you've given us a real good sort of foundation as to why, you know, Christians should maybe get involved in this, observe the ninth of Av. It's a, an amazing way for us to identify with our, our Jewish brothers and sisters mm -hmm. in uh, what they're experiencing as well on this day. Uh, but if somebody's listening today, if they are hearing you talk about this and they want to participate, how can they get involved? Uh, go to 9-av.com and sign up for the 25 hours. Uh, we also have a declaration 
that, that you can also sign separately. If you can't do the 25 hours, sign the declaration. We present those signatures to the Knesset every year of, of people that are, are okay. saying never again will we stand against the Jewish people. We, we recognize what's been done in the name of our religious beliefs. And we are saying that we are not the same as those, and we're going to restore the relationship. So, so sign the petition, and please join us for the 25 hours. Join us for a half an hour. Join us for 15 minutes. Whatever you can do, get on and get involved. Yeah. We're going to have some videos playing. We're going to have be, actually Joshua's altar. I don't know if many of you realize it, but we, we just got done talking about Judea and Samaria, why it's so crucial. We're going to be... Joshua's altar, where it was where it was located, is actually found, and we're going to have a good friend Aaron Lipkin sharing with us about Joshua's altar. That's where the the children of Israel came back into the land and re-entered into the covenant with God between those two mountains, mm, okay. our mount of blessing and mount of cursing. So that will be on. Um, David Kern will have a, a video on. So we're going to have a lot of things going on in that twenty-five hours. Please get involved. Join us. Amazing. And there is no cost. Right, there is well, no cost. Just sign up. Okay. Fantastic. Well, you heard it here. And we want to uh, encourage you to check that out. The numeral nine, the number nine dash av.com. And uh, Steve, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. Love to hear your insight. And uh, I think and hope that we'll probably connect again in the future. I'm uh, intrigued oh, yes. about your ministry and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully one day we can even connect uh, somewhere in the land of Israel. Love to be able to do that. That would be the best. This yeah. year in Jerusalem. Yeah. Jerusalem. Yeah, I, let's say this year because it's been so long yes. since uh, <laughs> we've been able to go. We're actually we're actually booking flights for October, so we're we're hoping that Wonderful. all will be well by then. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, been great to have you on the show, and uh, thanks so much. God bless. Thank you, Jeff. Shalom, shalom. Israel, that meaningful name is mentioned more than twenty three hundred times in the Bible. It is from this land, nation, and people that Christianity emerged some 2,000 years ago. But since that time, Christianity has become mostly disconnected from Israel, and without an understanding of the Jewishness of Jesus and our Hebraic foundations, so much of the depth and meaning of the Bible is lost. First Century Foundations is committed to helping Christians reconnect and stay connected to Israel. We invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can view our TV programs and weekly video podcasts, Keeping It Israel. Follow us on Facebook and our other social media platforms. Let's reconnect to Israel and stay connected. Find out more at firstcenturyfoundations.com.